0: Logistics and some barriers to full efficiency in moving products around the globe. They're driving costs higher. We'll get to the bottom line of that. The path for ethanol to sustainable aviation fuel got easier to follow at the end of last week, and it's Monday, and time for an update from the used machinery market. From a chip-infused pimento loaf of
1: ag-infotainment via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we begin with a chat with Greg Peterson, that's Machinery Pete. Then it's Troy Brettenkamp from the Renewable Fuels Association, and later Ken Erickson from Polaris Analytics and Consulting. Directly following the news, Brett Waltz from BAMWX, I'm a handsome newsman, and now... Won't you join me in heralding the return of our beloved
0: host, Chip Laurie? All right. Thank you so much, Davis. Woo. I've been good waiting to, be to say that for a week, man. Like a week, maybe even a little longer? A little longer. It uh, felt
1: like a month, bro. <laughs> it
0: really did. Well, it's we good missed to be you. back. Uh, good to be back here. And uh, uh, we got a lot of ground that we need to cover. We're going to hit the ground running to start this week yeah. uh, with the. The decision by the Treasury Department mm-hmm. that was announced on Friday to go with the GREET model in evaluating corn-based ethanol for the for the use in sustainable aviation fuel. There's mm-hmm. lots of questions that go along with that. You know, first off, why does it come from the Treasury Department? I know that you guys talked about that some. Well, not some. You guys talked about that sure. on Friday on the free for all. Yep. But we we're, we're going to get with Troy. We're going to figure out exactly what it means and maybe the most important thing that i'm going to ask troy about as we get into the conversation is what do we don't know what is it that we still need to understand about the pathway for ethanol into sustainable aviation fuel so we'll get to that uh ken erickson great friend of the show has got a new gig Mm-hmm. We're going to find out what's going on there. And, of course, we'll have a conversation with Greg Peterson coming up here in just a little bit. I, I just got his notes, yeah, and I think he said, let me, let me let, yeah, he's got two Pete's picks of the week. Two. Two? Two? He couldn't, yeah, he couldn't separate the two. Wow. So it looks like it, it I don't know if you were following him on uh, social media, Mm-hmm. Uh, this last week but it was a busy busy week for him so mm-hmm. Lots All right, of
1: exuberance coming out of pete this week
0: you bet Looking let's forward get to here. it what you got in the news
1: yep i'm going to start us off with the national weather service weather outlook where there is a slight risk of excessive rainfall over parts of northern new england on monday lake effect snow downwind of the great lakes and upslope snow <laughs> over parts of the northern central Appalachians rain for uh most of the west coast so the upslope snow i can only assume they just don't know what's going to happen in the northern and central (laughs)
0: Appalachians. (laughs) we will we will talk with brett in just a moment about what's going on (laughs) in the middle of the country too
1: i think we'd better overall chip stocks registered their seventh straight week of gains last week which was the best winning streak for the s&p 500 since 2017 and the best streak for the dow since 2019 more Americans than ever own stocks, according to Federal Reserve data that shows how the COVID area explosion in investing has reshaped personal finances. Goldman Sachs has, meanwhile, revised its forecast for U.S. stocks upward, following signals from the Federal Reserve. The bank now anticipates that the S&P 500 will reach 5,100 points, the revised forecast approximately 8% higher than the closing value of the S&P 500 on the
0: preceding Friday. A little bit yeah. of... a uh, upslope snow perhaps in the <laughs> S&P. Hmm? Yeah, that upside momentum. <laughs> I I don't I I think I the number that I heard on the total number of Americans invested in stocks one way or another, mm-hmm. it's it's north of 55% now. Yeah. Yep. Uh I don't know when it's an all-in mentality on on equities, but it feels like that's got to be getting kind of close. mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. Well, the hot and dry conditions that have stressed crops in central and northeastern Brazil during the weekend will continue early this week. Rains and cooler temperatures are expected to move into these areas of the country by midweek and continue periodically over the next 10 days. Drought in central Brazil is causing farmers to delay fertilizer purchases for the safrina corn planting season, this according to a report from Reuters. Well, the House of Representatives is out until January 9. The Senate remains in session. Senators involved in negotiations for a border security solution hustled to reach a consensus by last evening, but ultimately failed to agree on border security measures that Republicans have demanded as a condition of passing new funding for Ukraine.
0: The Senate hustled. (laughs) Come come on.
1: A a colorful term, you might say. A little artistic license.
0: (laughs) What what happened is they've got a deadline sitting on top of a deadline, and D.C. is totally driven by deadlines. So once you know what the deadline is, yeah, then you have to hustle to get things done. Well, you
1: mentioned this earlier, and we will get more, but the update to the GREET model in March will play a pivotal role in determining the eligibility of fuels for the Sustainable Aviation Fuel Credit. Corn-based ethanol and other renewable fuels will likely qualify for the SAF credit in relation to SAF produced and used in calendar years 23 and 24. In other news, two shipping companies, including Danish freight juggernaut Maersk, told customers they will suspend journeys through the Red Sea after missile attacks by the Houthis and Iran-backed Yemeni militant group. The attacks are a mark of the group's intensifying assaults on the uh, the shipping lane. And finally here, President Joe Biden is visiting Milwaukee on Wednesday to promote his Investing in America plan. Wisconsin is a crucial battleground state. That could impact Biden's chances of re election. Chip.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Brett Waltz, PamWX.com. Good morning, Brett. It's good to talk with you.
2: Yep. Good morning, Chip. Good to talk to you.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, So, above normal temperatures for the Midwest here, looks like it's going to be with us at least into the end of the year, right?
2: Yeah, especially the Upper Midwest and the Northern Plains. Those areas are just going to continue to run substantially above normal. Probably the warmest day compared to normal might be right around Christmas. Uh, there's a storm system to watch in there. I think some more moisture as we work into the last week of the year or so. Maybe some snow in the Western Plains, but it's not a super wintry pattern for this time of the year.
0: It doesn't sound like. Uh, it's, well, it sounds like Santa's going to have to put the run the the wheels on the runners. To uh, (laughs) land on top of the Flory Ranch here in in northeast Iowa, right?
2: Yeah, probably so. Unless some areas are getting lake effect further off to the east over the next couple of days, it's probably going to be a pretty dry, pretty brown Christmas.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay. Take us down to South America. Any signs of a, a change in the pattern?
2: Not a sustained one. Uh, There will be some more sporadic moisture that can develop as we work later into this week through the early to middle part of next week. But uh, I'm just concerned that it's still not the widespread relief that they really need. Uh, And and as we've rolled forward, the data has continued to trend more towards the dry solution. And once we get past this week, the heat comes back to in the year, probably into the new year. So uh, just not a sustained pattern change on the horizon just yet, at least.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Brett, the next two Mondays are going to be recorded shows. We've got Christmas next Monday. We've got New Year's Day the following. Buddy, thank you for being part of the AgriTalk family and uh, keeping us updated on what you think the weather is going to be each and every Monday morning. We really appreciate you, man. I'll
2: second that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all so much. I really enjoy
0: being on and I look forward to it in 2024 outstanding thank you that is Brett Waltz with BAMWX.com okay coming up next not one but two count them two pick of the weeks from from Greg Peterson Uh, it was an active week I don't know how we're going to get through all this but we'll do our best next
1: leave low yields in the dust and never look back Rev up your return on investment with Syngenta. Our innovative portfolio of crop protection products outperforms and out yields any deal, giving you higher yield and profit potential at the finish line. Syngenta, where better yield is the better deal. Always read and follow label instructions.
0: All right, let's see here. Acuron corn herbicide. Powerful weed control. Check. Long-lasting residual? Check. Proven crop safety? Check. Acuron checks all the boxes, which is why it outperforms and out yields all other corn herbicides by 5 to 15 bushels an acre. Talk to your local Syngenta retailer or visit FindMoreBushels.com to discover your revenue potential today. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide.
3: Lower crop prices and extreme weather can take a toll on your profits and peace of mind. Crop insurance is a powerful tool to not only protect your financial security, but give you confidence to market grain, invest in your operation, and provide for what matters most, your family. At Farmers Mutual Hail, we understand that. So we've created products that allow you to customize plans for up to 95% coverage. It's time to rethink your crop insurance and choose FMH, America's crop insurance company, to protect your livelihood. Visit Nect.fmh.com today. Every acre tells a story,
1: but to hear it, you need the right tools. Tyrannus Acre Forward Intelligence turns leaf-level data into actionable insights. Read your fields from the palm of your hand. Make decisions with more certainty and speed than ever before. And have a more informed discussion with your retailer to preserve your hard-earned farm legacy, season after season.
0: Every acre tells a story, Find yours at AcreForward.com. That's AcreForward.com. <coughs> Hello?
4: Man, where are you? I thought
0: you were coming. I can't.
5: I'm in bed with the flu. <laughs> <laughs> the flu? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grandma's about to crowd Man, I'll call you back. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org.
1: Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if if they can
6: think it, they can do it. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. machinery
7: pete here folks this segment of Agritalk brought to you by our friends at dakota ag innovations makers of dakota shine the best way i've seen to fix faded paint go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801
0: welcome back to agri talk it is monday morning and that means it's time for our weekly conversation with greg peterson machinery pete good morning greg how you doing buddy
7: hey i'm doing well chip how are you doing
0: doing real fine real fine um, you, I don't know if you've got them in the right order, but I definitely understand why you're going with two picks of the week this week. Um, yeah. it, it, the, the, both of these are fascinating stories, but let's go ahead and get started with number one. What do you got?
7: All right. Well, I, I can hear you. I could, uh, yeah, we can, uh, It's a coin flip on these two. Unbelievable. Chip, just crazy. But uh, I think both of these items will be ones I will be talking about for decades to come. And I think uh, farm folks all over will as well. One was from the sale I covered Friday in Chillicothe, Missouri. Um, If you follow me on social media, folks, you probably know what I'm going to lead here with. But it was a 2017 Peterbilt 389 glider day cab semi. It have a CAT 6NZ, 650-horse yeah. engine, and it thing only had 34,493 one-owner miles. Right. And uh, this sale, I mean, I could tell, Chip, running up to the sale, because we had uh, posted about it in advance, that the interest in this semi was, to say it was off the charts didn't do it justice, but it sold for $350,000. dollars <laughs> And we stood there. We filmed it for our TV show. So anyway, I posted YouTube video of it. But um, it generated just incredible interest. And uh, it was a retirement sale for Terry and Mary Smith. And I should, before I forget, I should say that the sale was by really a cool story. It's a company called Teeter Auction Company. Joshua Teeter is the auctioneer. And Joshua's a young guy. He went to auctioneer school when he was 16 years old in 2010. Okay. And the local farmer, Terry Smith and Mary, they, they picked Josh because they really thought, you know, this, these guys are on it. And I tell you, it was a treat to listen to Josh and his team do an auction. I love online auctions, cool. they're great. But but this was, go watch the YouTube video, folks, and listen to yeah. Josh behind the mic. It was, it was awesome.
0: Okay, so let, back to this Peterbilt. <laughs> what, what raised, I mean, the 34,000 miles on a, on a 17 model has got to have something to do with it. But what else was it about this particular unit?
7: Well, I mean, the glider kit, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it just, it, this, it, I tell you, just go to our Facebook page and you read through the discussions on it and the way people feel about it and the emissions and uh, what's coming with government regulations. And here's a one owner, hardly any miles on it. And I mean, a lot of people were speculating that it was just friends of the seller that were trying to help them out. That was not the case. I mean, I'm telling you, I stood there and I was had my iPhone and I'm going, this is one of the five most amazing pieces I've ever watched sell in person. (laughs) Because you could just, and that's 34 years. And I'm not... Trying to blow smoke, folks. There was that much interest in it and chatter about it running up to the sale. The online bid the night before was already at 255,000 bucks. Yeah. So this was not a case where it was like, oh, just family members. Nope. 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 It was, you know, it just was what it was. And yeah. And that was not the only head turner on that sale. If, okay, if what else? To stay, see? If we want to stay with trucks, how about Terry's 1978 Chevy C70? Grain truck with 43,276 miles. That went for 20K. Uh, Then we could go tractors, a 2010 John Deere 8320R, 2,877 hours. That went for 240K, second highest auction price ever on an 8320. Again, free def, that whole thing. But get this. There was another tractor. Now, some people thought this was the most amazing item on the sale, even more than the Peterbilt. It was a 79 John Deere 4240. 9399 hours on it. That went for 295. Now that's the highest auction price I've ever seen on a 4240 with over 9000 hours on it. The previous high was 27 and it, it went 295. Uh then how about a combine? A 2010 John Deere 9770 STS 1356 up hours, one owner. Again, Greedaf. That went for 188,000 bucks, second highest auction price this year on a 9770. So and, and oh, by the way, how about a 2017 Wilson 41 foot grain trailer for fifty thousand? So, holy smokes! This chip this proved my point. When you're buying used equipment, to to an extent, people don't even think about it. You're actually buying the owner, the guy who's selling it. And in this case, you were buying Terry and Mary Smith. And if you knew Terry and you looked at his stuff, to say he was particular, that's just words. Terry yeah. lived his life and farmed his whole life, and he he told me about planting six-row with his dad when he was a kid and being focused on having it to be just right, and yeah. just an awesome guy. And when you take great, I mean, unbelievably great care of your equipment, folks, yep. and then you market it these days with, like you can get the, the word out through yep. machine repeat, I mean, this is what happens.
0: Yep, fantastic, fantastic. Good for them. They had a great retirement auction there. Uh, I did. Yeah. Let's go on to Pete's pick of the week. Number two, this is one (laughs) of the most unusual things I've ever seen.
7: Yeah. I've posted, I don't know how many blogs the number would be like the stars in the sky. I think Chip, but this blog when I posted, I think it was last Tuesday night, it blew up bigger than any blog I've ever written. Mm -hmm. And it was a a farmer out in Stickney, South Dakota. uh, Adam Borman has a seed company out there. Borman farm and seed company. Great young guy. He listed a combine for sale on our machine repeat website, which, by the way, you can do that. It costs 50 bucks. Just says sell mine right on the website. Click it, yeah. type it in. So, Adam's combine was not your average combine. It's 2009, John Deere 9570 STS, zero separator hours on it, never used. Yeah. One owner, his dad and grandpa bought it new, what then was Boom implement in Corsica, South Dakota. So when I saw it come into our website, I picked up the phone. I called Adam. I said, Adam, what's... I'm Paul Harvey here. What's the rest of the story on this right, thing? Right, right. And like I say, Adam's a great young guy. And he said, Pete, here's the deal. My dad and grandpa bought it new. And we we, we were changing crop rotation right after that. My dad, you know, uh, went away from corn. And he said he just decided to have the beans custom done for the rest of the years, and then unfortunately Adam's dad passed last January. So Adam's a young guy, and now he's he farms a little bit, but he's got his business, and he's trying to figure out: should I use it? Should I sell it? He put a price on it, two hundred Yeah. And he asked me. He says Adam, or he says Pete, what do you think of that? And I said Adam, if I were you, I'd list it for that same number. And don't worry about when people say, "Oh, that's nuts." I said yeah. Adam, you have a pre-def combine that's a deer was zero hours. It's been right. in your shed for 14 years. And and here's the rest of the story, folks. Two full price offers within a day. Oh, so, within the day. Within a day. From, <laughs> from 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 a distance away. So yeah, that was that, that was unbelievable. So every once in a while you, you run across these things and people assume it was bought for tax purposes. It wasn't. It was just life happens sometimes. Yep. And, and uh, you know it's it's fun to share those stories, but it sh- does show the demand for, uh, you know that whether it's tractors, combines, whatever, for that pre-def. I mean, right? Because right. it is just it's getting stronger.
0: Yep, yep. Really cool, really cool stories, Greg. <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, we've got a little time left. Take us over to Ohio, Jeffersonville.
7: Yeah, Jeffersonville on Thursday, my friends at the Went Group, Kevin Went. if you ever get a chance to hear Kevin behind the mic, he's one of the best in the biz, just fantastic. They had a collector tractor auction, just a couple highlights, I think it was the Mayer family, unbelievable collection, they had a 1970 Alice 220 factory front wheel assist, they only made 100 of those, was showing 33,094 hours, I went for 96.5, uh, very cool, um, I, I thought a very cool tractor too was a 1989 white American 80 mechanical front wheel drive that was factory red, and we had 19 of those built. Uh, that brought 21.5. Uh, then if you want, how about a 103 year old tractor, 1920 Alice 612 <laughs> went for 19.8. It looks like almost looks like a big bicycle, yeah, mechanical bicycle compared to today's tractors, but wow. uh. Yeah, very cool over there in Ohio last Thursday.
0: Okay, just go up the road to the upper Sandusky.
7: Yeah, my friends at uh, Darby Walton with United Country Walton Realty and Auction had a sale Saturday. Posted a video of it, a 91 John Deere, 4455 two-wheel drive, 2,767 hours quad range, went for 82000 Now, how about this? That doesn't even make our pick of the week. Yeah. And that's the highest auction price ever on a forty four fifty five two wheel drive quad range at eighty two K. So hats off to Darby and the crew there. Fantastic tractor. And uh and then we had another yeah. almost record from Michigan, a ninety nine K S H ninety three eighty quad track, just under eight thousand hours for 104,750. hundred and four seven fifty. So last week was kind of an exciting yeah. week, Chip.
0: <laughs> it certainly was. Certainly was, no doubt. What are you watching this week, real quick?
7: ah uh, auction uh tomorrow in north dakota dennis baliski hensel north dakota check it out resourceauction.com, folks super sharp equipment on that sale
0: fantastic good stuff greg we'll talk to you later thanks buddy merry christmas See you, Chip. yeah all you right. too all right greg peterson machinery p we've got troy bredenkamp up next No doubt you've heard of MetLife, but did you know that MetLife Investment Management has over 100 years of ag lending experience? The MetLife Investment Management team maintains close relationships with its borrowers and can structure a customized loan with flexible terms to meet your financial needs. Looking to expand, refinance, or recapitalize? Consider MetLife Investment Management. Learn more at metlife.com forward slash ag.
2: The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail.
1: Time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer.
0: Joining us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady-Beege. We've got the soy complex with some gains,
6: some pressure on corn and wheat. What's going on? Well, uh, soy complex. Interesting thing is that soy meal is leading us to the upside on corrected buying in that market. Uh, And I say it's interesting because uh, crude oil futures are more than $2 higher. So you would think that uh, the soy oil market would be leading to the upside, but uh, definitely not the case uh, here at mid morning. Uh, Though soy oil is trading higher, as are uh, soybeans. And of note, we did not have a daily export soybean sale this morning. That breaks a string of eight consecutive days. So, um, But still, uh, trading to the upside along with the uh, the leadership from Meal there. Uh, you mentioned that wheat and corn are both trading to the downside. Not heavy losses, uh, but I would call them solid here at mid-morning. Uh, wheat uh, being pressured by some of those recent rains that we've gotten through uh, SRW and HRW areas and more in the forecast as we look out to the end of this week uh, through the middle of next week week
0: gotcha gotcha all right take us over to the livestock trade we've got gains in the cattle complex
6: yeah and actually that's probably the story of the morning across the ag markets is that uh, um, you know while the cash market weakened again last week um, cattle futures continue to push to the upside so pretty clear technical signs now that uh, cattle futures have posted lows and, and uh, starting that uh, long recovery from the extended uh, sell-off yeah. that we saw from the september highs and and moderate to strong gains in live cattle, but feeders are leading the way, posting really strong gains here at mid-morning. Uh, the hog market, uh, it's been all over the place this morning, narrowly mixed here at mid-morning, and uh, you know, it's, it's traded to the upside, that failed a little bit, trading to the downside, that failed a little bit, and, and kind of all over the place.
0: Got it, thanks Brian. This is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on, Markets Now.
1: This is Andrew McCray, host of the American Countryside, I'm also a farmer and rancher from northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in our industry. i will talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends for grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com.
3: If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA.
2: There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their
3: survivors.
2: No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash pact to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come to VA.
1: Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. When news breaks, the news makers talk about it on Agritalk with Chip
0: Flory. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Monday. Good to be back in the studio and talking with everyone out there. Uh, There was Davis, you guys talked about it Friday on the free for all, but there was mm-hmm. some big news out on Friday from the treasury department yeah. regarding, uh, re- regarding, uh, uh, you know, ethanol to jet and a model upgrade or update there. We need to get the details here from Troy Bredenkamp. camp. He is the senior VP of government and public affairs at the renewable fuels association. Troy, it's good to talk with you again. How are you? Uh, probably need to hit you, get you to hit, a uh, oh, of
4: mute there, Chip. Hey, good to be <laughs> with you.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha, buddy. Okay. I don't want to jump into this with too many of, of my details. I want to hear it fresh from you. What did we get and why does it
4: matter, Troy? Well, he, in my opinion, Chip, here's where we got, we, 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 we've been asking to be a member of the the team for about a year now, er, ever since they passed the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, there was an opportunity for biofuels like ethanol to be part of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act through sustainable aviation fuel. And and so it all comes down to modeling and modeling allowances and modeling language. So we were asking for um, the allowance to use the Department of Energy argonne GREET model. Um, and, and it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal or it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it really was environmentalists know that if Argonne greet, which is in our mind, the gold standard of, of modeling out there is used, it's the most current, it's the most up to date. It gives actually agriculture the most credit because it deserves the most credit for all the advancements that are being made right now. So okay, they fought like heck to keep that out of an option to be used to qualify for feedstocks, to be used for sustainable aviation fuel. And we fought for the last six to nine months very hard to make sure it's included in the list. So what we got on Friday was uh, the invitation to join the team. Now we've got to convince the coach to put (laughs) us in the game and to let (laughs) us score some points. Okay, I want to talk about
0: that more in a moment, but let's back up just a bit and make sure that everybody understands Greek modeling, but modeling of
4: what? Modeling of carbon intensity. So everything that is made, believe it or not, almost everything that is made out there today would have a carbon intensity score attached to it, whether it's the computer you're using or uh, your car um, or the cell phone. All of it took some amount of, of carbon intensity to make. We have the same thing when it comes to biofuels. So our biofuel, our corn-based ethanol, for instance, has a carbon intensity score from the time you put the corn in the row uh, to grow the crop all the way until it gets to the gas tank in California. Every ounce of energy is equated in a CI or a carbon intensity. You can model that. And the more accurate the model is, obviously, uh, is the route that we would like things to go. Um, and actually, there's been huge advancements, as you know, within agriculture and within ethanol production. And so, we get more efficient all the time. So, our right. carbon intensity continues to go down. So, we want to have the best score that we can. Um, and the Argonne National Laboratories through the Department of Energy, their GREET model gives us the best opportunity okay. to participate.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Now, why – what? Why was this announcement from the Treasury Department?
4: So the Inflation Reduction Act is a series of tax credits. And that's why when it becomes tax credit uh, related, that is a Department of Treasury lead. So the Department of Treasury has the lead on all implementation of Inflation Reduction Act. So all those tax credits for electric vehicles and, and, and more energy efficiency appliances and everything else that was in that bill, including some of this sustainable aviation fuel tax credit Mm -hmm. is administered through Treasury. Now, Treasury doesn't know the first thing about, you know, scientific environmental models per se. So they did a interagency process where they brought in DOE, USDA, EPA to consult with them on how that model needs to look and, and how that program how that guidance needs to to, to look that's what we okay. saw on Friday we saw they included Argon Greet as an option although there needs to be a little more work done to it they say
0: okay all right this is not an insignificant tax credit right we're talking about a buck seventy five a gallon for SAF right
4: we are so if for instance Corn-based ethanol is used as a feedstock to make sustainable aviation fuel, and it qualifies. It has to be a 50% carbon intensity reduction to begin with. If it qualifies at 50%, it's a dollar 25. Uh, if it goes all the way to a zero in carbon intensity, which is you know, you know, it'd be carbon neutral at that point. That's a dollar 75 tax credit on top of you know the 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 actual. Price you get for that product, and there would be a renewable identification number, a RIN value, also attached. Right. So this could get quite lucrative, and and it, it you know for for us, it just is another one of those things that will hopefully add to long term demand for biofuels like corn ethanol. And we know that with higher demand comes higher corn grind, and that's the payoff for the farmer. So. Uh, We wanted to see participation here. We hopefully will get that. We've got some work to do. There will be more guidance coming out by March um, in terms of more technical changes to greet that will suffice some folks that are concerned about that. But by and large, you know, we are guarded optimism. Uh, Like I said, we were invited to the team, and now we've got to prove to the coach we deserve to go in the game. Okay. So is it just
0: a matter of waiting? until March for the next updates or no, are there other no. things that are going to be happening between now and then?
4: Well, RFA is going to be working our tails off to make sure that the guidance that will come out, that will further detail uh, the changes that they want to add to greet are in a way that are accurate, fair, uh, factual, because this is where, this is the next round chip. So now we're going to head into this next round with environmental interest to say, well, we can still try and keep corn out of the game if we make these changes to greet look bad enough for them. We're going to say, let's use sound science. Let's use the best data we have. Let's use the most current analysis that's out there. And we feel very comfortable that when fairness is applied, when accuracy is applied, we will win the day and we will have a huge opportunity but it's going to be more work done at the administrative level at the agency level and at the treasury level to make sure that this thing goes the right direction okay and so we got so, 2 weeks we got 2 months we have 2 months right you know when we come back from christmas it's going to be a sprint january february to hit that march 1 date and have a product that is going to be fair and equitable and give Row crop biofuels, and in particular corn ethanol, a real shot at at helping meet the demand under this sustainable aviation
6: yeah. fuel tax. I,
0: I was just going to say, help us understand the timeline on this, Troy. Uh, when when might we expect the first sig- substantial amount of ethanol to jet in this whole process?
4: Well, that's a great question. First thing we have to have is some regulatory and some tax credit certainty. So these tax credits were on a pretty short string just to help get them started, obviously to help the the overall score for the Inflation Reduction Act, they shortened the credits. So we're gonna have to talk about a tax credit extension pretty soon, but um, we could be a year or so away from real substantive um, okay. production. But we got to have the regulatory, the tax credit certainty to get there, and we don't have that yet because no one's going to do the kinds of investments that might need to take place to lower that carbon intensity even more from corn ethanol's perspective if we don't have the certainty that we need through the rulemaking process. So that's that's going to be a, a, a big point, and it's something we're, we'll we'll continue to work on through this through through this time, and and uh, hopefully we'll have a product at the end of the day. That's going to be useful for us, useful for ethanol producers and obviously be a benefit to the uh, to the corn farmer out there across the country.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, I said at the start that maybe the most important question I was going to ask is what don't we know about the program? But I think you've already addressed that, haven't you?
4: Yeah, I I mean, so we really don't know longevity. Longevity is going to be a, a big issue with how long will those tax credits last? We also don't know what changes that might come, these tweaks that they're talking about to the argonne Greet model. Uh, the argonne Greet model does pretty good for us right now, but based on the tweaks that could happen, you know, um, you know, that could throw us into a point of not being able to participate again. So all these variables, Chip, or something that we're going to have to continue to work on and and again, make sure that they're done in a fair, equitable way uh, using sound science we feel like if if, if that is going to be the play of the day we're in good shape because we That's feel right. really good about where where we're headed where our true numbers are um and uh if it's applied properly we've got a great opportunity to to grind a lot more corn into a renewable product that the country says they want so yep.
0: okay we're pretty happy about it. All right, Troy. In the meantime, let's keep working on year-round availability of E15, right? We do. Yep. That's
4: that's my old fallback. I'm, I'm always working on that.
0: That's right. That's right. Troy, thank you so much for the update, buddy. We appreciate you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yep, you too. All right. That's Troy Bredenkamp, Senior VP for Government and Public Affairs at the Renewable Fuels Association good friend of AgriTalk, ken erickson is coming up next we're going to talk some logistical issues around the globe next hi i'm ag day host clinton griffiths and i invite you to join me each morning as we cover the nation's food system from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between america runs on agriculture and here at ag day agriculture is what we do best Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience.
2: Hey y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family, but in some communities those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Somewhere around 400 feet off the ground, an RPG came through the belly of the aircraft. When I first got out, I felt like my whole life had been smushed down to just medical appointments. I was going to occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy. We don't talk about the female combat wounded. These are our daughters and our sisters and our mothers. I'm not sure I would still be here if I didn't find the Friends and Wounded Warrior Project that I did because there was a long period after the injury where I really didn't understand why I was still here. It felt like I had lost everything. Wounded Warrior Project came into my life and taught me how to stand back up and get back in the fight. The truth is, I think we all have this strength inside of us, but until you're tested, you just don't know it's there. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Beth by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash vets
6: There I was, driving along when I saw the corn laying down in the field, goosenecked again, even though I tried everything new traits existing soil insecticides
7: every corn grower knows the hassle of gooseneck corn but now there's nerisma insecticide from
0: basf a better stronger in insecticide that controls corn rootworm and below ground pests stand up for your corn with nerisma insecticide ask your authorized basf retailer about nerisma and always read and follow label directions
4: the United Soybean Board invested $2 million to help underwrite part of the cost of deepening this lower stretch of the Mississippi River from a minimum of 45 feet of water depth to 50 feet. And soybean farmers recognize that if you can go an additional five feet of water depth, what that means is that you can put more freight, and in our case, soybeans per vessel from about 2.4 million bushels of soybeans to 2.9 million bushels of soybeans.
6: Infrastructure is one of the major things that we need to be improving. vital to be able to get our
4: product to market. And to make it more appealing to your world market, that product has to be as cheap to ship as possible. Learn more at UnitedSoyBeam.org
2: Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created thisispretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in retirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the
3: retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app?
7: Stop. That dog does not want to be petted.
3: <laughs> Just a little heads up before something bad happens.
7: Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh No, no,
3: no, no. So you can have more control.
7: Stop. You're texting your boss by mistake. <sighs>
3: Uh oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one minute test today at doihabprediabetes.org.
7: Warning the cap is loose on that catch up. <laughs> Ugh.
3: Don't wait. You have the power to change the outcome. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners.
5: Your next piece of equipment is on machinerypeat.com.
1: Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on machinerypeat.com.
0: Welcome back to AgriTalk. Glad you're with us on this Monday morning. Uh, We're going to have a a conversation with an old friend of the show but who is in a new role. It is Ken Erickson, Erickson, uh, Managing Member and Strategic Advisor for Polaris Analytics and Consulting. Ken, welcome back to the show, buddy. How are you?
5: Good. Thank you, Chip, and welcome back from vacation. It's good to be on with you.
0: Yeah, glad that you're here. Glad you're here. So tell us about Polaris Analytics and Consulting.
5: Yeah, so I was uh, given an opportunity to try something different and uh, formed uh, Polaris and Analytics Consulting that works with clients and organizations really around the area of uh, commodity risk. And uh, I like to say I'm anchoring our, my clients to their future and really work with them in the area of uh, agri-supply chains, commodity flows. What are those transportation requirements and those opportunities and, and impediments that we see out there? And really, as, as we look at the ocean of data that's out there, really trying to synthesize that into information to help define a knowledge set, so they can make strategic outcomes that will outline their uh, organization's profit goals and and strategic uh, decisions. And, and quite frankly, what I'm really doing is working with clients to get away from just looking at the horizon of what's going on now to see what is uh, not only on the horizon, because we can kind of see in the distance, but here's the, ch- here's the kicking point. What's over the horizon? And to try to get through the morass of that data to understand what's going on. So it's been fun to be able to come uh, from a couple of decades where I got to spend time with Sparks companies and economics, IHS market, and S&P. And now they have uh, a company here, uh, Polaris Analytics and Consulting, started a couple of yeah. months ago.
0: Yeah, Very cool. Very cool. Ken, are we talking about end users primarily at this point?
5: Well, you've know, got to go from the farm gate through to the dinner plate, and really it's uh, all people in between and those that either serve into agri that need to get to the farm gate or get away from there. And I'm working with uh, folks all along that supply chain. As, uh, the late Bruce Share, a former president CEO, yeah. used to say, a chicken is more than just uh, meat and feathers. It's uh, uh, transportation. It's transportation. Uh, fertilizer, diesel, uh, labor, and I hope consultants too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, so tell me what radios? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. What logistical issues are you watching most closely right now, Bud?
5: Yeah, I, I tell you, Chip. The big ones are still in the Mississippi River, where yep. for now six months out of the calendar year 2023 here, the river gauge at Memphis, where I'm based, has been below zero. That's the most. Ever on a monthly basis, and and it's just still hovering close to record levels, low levels for this time of year, and watching the Panama Canal very closely. Uh, they've had um, impacts from the El Nino, where they don't have enough rain to fill Lake Gatun, and that's just restricted the amount of water they're going to use to transit vessels through the locks. Now, they they're recognizing there's a problem out there in the Red Sea, and a lot of container yeah. companies and other ship owners are avoiding the Red Sea. So there you take away the Suez Canal as an option. And and quite frankly, if we think about the Panama Canal as a problem, those who'd want to ship out of the U.S. Gulf have to consider either to the Suez Canal or around the Cape of Good Hope. And now you're losing some key points. And the Panama Canal, and I think their wisdom, is saying, like, I think we can get by and help the world give some relief by adding some slots back going into the new calendar year. But let's face it they're in their low water or low drought, uh, dry period. And they're just needing some good rain is just not there. And which is very true for the Mississippi river system yeah. as well. So, and, and don't forget Amazon river, it's got some low water problems too. And chip, you and I months ago, we're talking about the Panama canal and, yeah. in addition to the Mississippi river. So you were on the front edge of this uh, together. Yeah. So that, it's quite fascinating to see how this is playing out.
0: Abs- absolutely. You know, as, as you say, we've, We've documented the issues on the Mississippi and at the Panama Canal. The Red Sea issues are are, are new, and it, it, it's it, tell us about what the situation is there. Yeah, with
5: what's going on uh, on the Red Sea, there's been a number of uh, attacks by uh, terrorist groups on now commercial traffic, yeah. and that's just saying to the commercial industry one it's, the risk is too great. Yeah, I could probably pay the war risk premium, but why? I've got to get, I got crew members, I've got an asset that's floating through there. Not only that, I've got cargo. And now what you end up doing is instead of going say from Asia to Europe and into the United States and back through that route, you've gonna go around the Cape of good hope. And that just adds a great amount of time to your transit that's gonna take place there. And when you think about the, out of the United States here, if you're gonna ship out of the US Gulf, you know, typically you're, you're about 30 days through the Panama Canal to Asia, let's say China. And right now you got to add about four or five days. And really for each additional day at today's current ocean freight rate, you're adding 50 cents a ton to get to Asia, to the Panama Canal. But with the Suez Canal, that was going to be another route. That's 41 days instead of 29. But now that that's cut out, you go around the Cape of Good Hope. Now you have to 45 days to get to market. And You know, part of it for the market is you you just got to plan accordingly. But when the markets move as quick as they do and you got vessels in transit, you just can't supply the same volume and get there. And now you get higher ocean freight rates.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ken, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but everything that you and I have talked about is not good news for a guy that's got corn in the bin.
5: It's not because what happens is who pays the freight at the end of the day. We always state the farmer through weekend basis, yep. and that just gets backed up because the cost to move it into the world is now got to be passed on someplace. It goes back upstream. But here's the here's here's the kicker: is all of a sudden that now the price is so expensive it moves to a competitor, and those competitors go in the market. Now you see, oh, you can say on the inland river system barge freight rates have collapsed. And there's because there's nothing moving and that gets to be a big challenge in this marketplace here today. So that guy with the grain in the bin, that's very troubling because the basis continues to weaken for them.
0: Yes, it does. Jeez. Well, well, Ken, I tell you what, uh, stay in touch and we're going to stay in touch with you. That is for sure. Keep us up on these issues because shipping and some shipping problems are going to be a big, big topic. I know in uh, in the first half of the year ahead. Thanks, buddy. Good luck, and we will talk with you soon.
5: Hey. Yeah, thanks a lot, Chip. Look forward to it. And again, remember, if the if the markets come back to the United States, you can't levitate far to their trains. It takes a lot of inertia to get them in momentum. But good That's to be right. with you again, Chip.
0: You bet. Ken Erickson, Polaris Analytics and Consulting. Come back this afternoon, 206 Central. We're going to have a conversation with Pete Meyer, Muddy Bootag, right here on Agritalk.
1: If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today and learn about the latest CGM technology. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps. You make better diabetes treatment decisions. And if you have Medicare, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Paid for by U.S. Medical Supply. Call 800-556-9015. That's 800-556-9015. Again, 800-556-9015. That's 800-556-9015.